Today on City Cash Chicago, we're joining the chorus of lovers and haters of the TV show The Bear. Yeah, we're doing it. That's the Hulu show about the stress, dysfunction, and dedication at an Italian beef joint in River North. It's been praised and criticized because, I mean, in Chicago, people, people hold its details close to the chest. Well, one thing critics pointed out is when the original beef in Chicago land gets a visit from the health department. Relax. Health code states any sink near a prep area needs to deliver instantly hot water to prevent the spread of bacteria. Yeah. I mean, I haven't even delivered the big one yet. There's a big one? What, yep. what, what is the big one? Someone left a pack of cigarettes on the stovetop near the burners. Not only very dangerous, but also a potential Damn. contaminant. You can say that again. Don't actually say it again, you idiot. You're about to get fucking power washed. Okay, yeah. Unfortunately, these violations leave me no choice. I award you a C. No, 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 no. You see, we don't do grades in Chicago. Longtime health reporter Monica Ang from Axio Chicago tells us what a real inspection means for places that serve food. It's Monday, July 25th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Monica, I think this officially is your fifth time on City Cash Chicago. So Ooh. welcome to the Five Timers Club. Well, I'm glad to be in it, Jacoby. Monica, while I knew Chicago did not do letter grades, I'm not exactly sure how the protocols do work. So how do health inspections work across Chicago? The inspector will... Uh Arrive unannounced, start doing, start looking at some paperwork, usually about um, pest control issues and sanitary paperwork and um, and licenses. And the meanwhile, usually everyone's back in the kitchen putting away all the stuff that, that they don't want people to see. And w when I went with uh, what, they're, what are called sanitarians, the inspectors, they're like... It's only 15 minutes. They can only right. do so much. I know they're doing <laughs> they, that back We there. moving the stove. We looking behind <laughs> things. They're not going to be able to, to just get rid of everything in 15 minutes. I read that there are roughly, what, 16,000 food establishments, but we're not just talking about restaurants. What are the different sort of food service establishments that fall under that umbrella? Right. So you're talking about stores. You're talking about hospitals. Uh, you're talking about any sort of cafeterias, uh, lunchrooms, um, you know, on top of, you know, full service restaurants or fast food restaurants. So it runs the whole gamut. And, you know, I, I have constantly heard from the Chicago Department of Public Health, we just don't have enough sanitarians to be covering this level of restaurants. Although I have to say, every city department has always told us they need more funding. So are inspectors randomly checking or is there a system, right? Or, you know, is this, is this like undercover work? No, no, they show up with their badge. In fact, they have to show their badge. That's part of it. They have to say, hi, I am, you know, John Doe from the health department. Here's my badge. Can I uh, see some kind of identification? Yeah. Interesting. Is it? It's interesting. What's, what's interesting about that? It's an interesting logo on Nancy, the badge. Nancy, you need anything? 
Just find us. Make yourself at home. If you're with the health department, you got to tell me you're with the health department. That's right. That's right. And, <laughs> and if they don't, then, you know, there could be a problem with the inspection. I've actually done stories about inspectors doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. Um, but uh, each each inspector has an area that they uh, that they canvass for a certain period. And um, and so, you know, I, when I went with one, she, you know, we went to two places on the northwest side because northwest side was her area. I asked if a lot of people, <laughs> I said, does everybody want to do like downtown, you know, and all the fancy restaurants? They're like, no way. There's no parking around there. It makes our job really hard. <laughs> What's the relationship between, you know, people in the food service industry and your health inspector, is it like a Bob and Hugo from Bob's Burgers kind of situation where every time Hugo show up, Bob kind of want to just like strangle him a little bit? These lettuce heads are stacked weird. Is that illegal? No, it's just stupid. Mm -hmm. What do we have here? Rags. Wash your grease he rags. Stop throwing them at me, Hugo. Also, you missed every time. Good effort, though. Well, again, when I went out, I saw, you know, nobody's face was happy to hear that the inspector had arrived. But everyone tries to be cordial. And um, and they try to see it as sort of a learning experience at best. And it's interesting, the, the sanitarians sometimes have a real, like, third grade teacher. Now, you see these plates? These should not be right side up. They need to be upside down. That is a violation. Um, and so there's a there's a tense atmosphere. And one of the places I went to, it actually got like it threatened to get a little tense and violent because uh, a place was being shut down and the owner arrived and he was a judo master, as shown by all the trophies in the restaurant. And he uh, threw down whiskey and started shouting. But, um, you know, at, at the best, some some restaurateurs say, hey, I, I welcome them as part of the team. It helps me, you know, learn more and my staff to learn more. That's what they mm-hmm. say to the press. Yeah. I mean, in our society, we've created this archetype of health inspectors. If you see them on TV shows, if you see them in movies, they're always they always seem to be these uptight individuals who are looking to shut down restaurants rather than working in collaboration. You said that you've seen stories of health inspectors doing some shady things, things they weren't supposed to. What are some examples of that? Well, I, I did uh, an investigation of a health inspector whom we were told uh, would show up at a restaurant, find all sorts of violations, according to the restaurateur, that were pretty unfair or at least arbitrary. Um, and then at the end of writing them up with very serious violations, um, they say, and by the way, did I tell you I sell Amway vitamins? And the restaurateurs said that they felt very pressured to buy hundreds of dollars worth of vitamins after that because their, that inspector was um, saying, hey, you have all these violations, and if you get them cleared up in the next few days, to my satisfaction, guess what? You get to, you get a, a pass. And so there was... Not them running a pyramid scheme to... to... Yeah. <laughs> and so when we... Just, just ask for money at this I point. Know, Don't make me right? buy no damn vitamin. Just ask, for, just ask for some cash in your pocket, homie. And so I, I asked this, I said, like, really? You bought hundreds of dollars worth of vitamins? He said, we were afraid. So we finally, I and the uh, reporter who I was investigating this with, we went to the inspector's house and we said, is this true? And she said, what's wrong? I, people like vitamins. You know, why can't I do this? <laughs> Get out of here. Mom does 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What are some of the most common violations that a, a food service establishment would get and what happens if, you know, if a restaurant's cited? Great question. Or, or they fail a health inspection, I, I suppose. Right. Well, you know, they, they used to be called um, critical violations, but they've recently changed the terminology from like critical and serious to what's now called priority and foundation priority. And then the lowest one is called core. So um, that okay. priority one or what used to be called a serious, uh, what used to be called a critical violation is uh, is the one that will get you shut down. So that's like rodent droppings, just like maybe like leaving, you know, food out, uh, you know, spoiling or your temperatures aren't correct. What, you know, what are some of those critical or some of those those, those top violations? So the presence of rodent or insect infestations, that's definitely one of them. Um, inadequate storage temperatures. So uh, mm-hmm. there's something called the danger zone between 40 degrees and 140 degrees. You don't want anything between there. And so if I, you know, I watched uh, an inspector, you know, take the temperature of a roast that was out and it was, you know, I think uh, 56 degrees. And she said, pour some bleach over that. That's going in the garbage. Um, But another one is, you know, if the water isn't hot enough, the water needs to be between, I believe, 110 and 120 degrees coming out of the sink. If it's not, that's also a what's called a priority violation. Improper personal hygiene or someone's sick in the kitchen. Um, So there are a lot of things that probably happen in our own kitchens that uh, might get us shut down if we were restaurants. Real talk. And another category is passing with conditions. Is that kind of like the C that they gave the the restaurant in the bear? Yes. Um, So passing with conditions means that they find these priority violations, but you can fix them while the inspector's there. And that, that will get you a pass with conditions. But if you can't fix them while the inspector is there, then you get a fail. That will close you down but Mm -hmm. you have a certain amount of days to fix it. And if you can fix that, then you get a pass. Hey, if I've learned anything, and I know restaurants are different than the classroom, but pass, fail, students do not tend to go as hard when the option is pass, (laughs) fail versus A, B, C, D, F, right? Uh, Can a a patron report a place? Like, what's the process if if I'm not a health inspector, but if I see some little droppings or I wonder if that roast temperature is appropriate? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, and then when you if you go on the city's portal and you see all the information on um, on inspections, you'll see, you know, some of the inspections driven by complaints. Do you need like a certain number of complaints to trigger? Because I could imagine that people might just, oh, I didn't like how quickly I got served. I don't like the customer service. I didn't like the food that I got. I'm going to call up and, and, you know, put in in, uh, uh, a violation. It's case by case. If the allegations seem um, sort of credible and serious enough. I saw an OIG report a few years back that said the city didn't have enough health inspectors. And and I'm wondering, coming out of the pandemic, when we talked about the Department of Public Health, so much of the focus was on COVID-19 and even changing the way restaurants work to address the pandemic. Has the city been able to keep up with health inspections in light of these changes due to the pandemic? 
So they are understaffed. I mean, I would say that objectively, when you have so many restaurants, and I believe at the time I was covering it, it was, you know, fewer than, I, would, I want to say 35 sanitarians. But, you know, that could have changed. For thousands of places. Right. Let's say the health department closes the spot because it fails the health inspection. Maybe it's rats, maybe it's temperature, but then it opens back up because it gets the all clear. Can we really trust that it's healthy and clean after it had to close down? Well, I can't tell you across the board, but having spoken to sanitarians and, frankly, restaurateurs who have been shut down, those weeks right after that inspection, those probably are the times when they are at their at the top of their game. So most people will just look at pass-fail. And, you know, frankly, at, at one time, Alinea, uh, when I wrote about yeah. it, they'd failed because they were cooling a potato soup. When a, when a soup goes from 150 degrees down to 40, there's a middle ground. And the um, the inspector just happened to be there during the cooling period. Mm. I don't know what's, what someone's supposed to do during that cooling period, but she you know, tested it and it was over 40 degrees. So they had to throw out that delicious potato. If you've ever had that potato soup, it's, it's wonderful. Right. And this has been voted one of the best restaurants, not only in Chicago, but in the world. Uh, my last question for you. Growing up on the south side of Chicago, I've developed, you know, a sort of cognitive dissonance to white Chicago. So when I learn of rituals, traditions, little things that happen, you know, uh, outside of my neighborhoods, I don't, I don't really turn an eye. So when I watch The Bear, I think my cognitive dissonance kicked in. When I see inaccuracy, I'm like, oh, maybe that happens in white Chicago. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I know you didn't like some of the restaurant inaccuracies in the show. Um, I, I got to ask you, which one bothered you the most? Okay, the one that bugged me the most is in a fast food restaurant, in a fast food Italian beef restaurant, well, first of all, that they're not open for lunch, they're not open at noon, what the hell? Um, second, that they would be baking their bread fresh every day in rolls? There's not much room in that kitchen. Why would you have a whole separate bakery when we have D'Amato's and we, we used to have Ganella and, and we have, um, of course, now Toronto. They give you these terrific Italian beef rolls. Create uh, and staging and family meal at an Italian beef joint? Are you kidding me? Anyway, don't get me started. But really great acting, great music, beautiful cinematography. I get why people like it. In that case, I appreciated my Chicago ignorance because I did not feel any of those internal like oh, moments. Except when Buddy except when Buddy shot the gun in the air in the yeah, parent, what the in, hell? In, in, in fictional River North. I'm like, bro, no. Mm, they care about River North. So they would have yeah. been there in a jiffy. Monica, I appreciate you uh, for joining City Cash Chicago. Thanks so much. Before I let you go, a little bit of news to look out for this week. State and city officials are asking for more vaccines for monkeypox as we continue to see more cases. This week, we're going to talk to a doctor who says his patients are feeling both uninformed and ignored regarding this virus. Today is the last day you can apply for free school supplies from the Chicago-based Back to School America. Two schools could win supplies for every single student. I got a link for you in the show notes. Remember, the Chicago Sky are hosting the WNBA Commissioner's Cup tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. at Wintrust Arena. If you see your boy, say what down. There's some good news to get you through. Chicago's Underground Film Festival is back and running this week from Wednesday to Sunday at Logan Theater in Logan Square. For the list of films and full schedule, check out the show notes. 
As always, I appreciate you for listening. If you're new to CityCast Chicago, go and subscribe to our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. It's, it's, it's dope. It's dope. Peace. Okay, I'm sorry. One more. Oh, the gangs on the block are like middle-aged, yeah, old Italian. Yeah, fifty-year-old dudes. <laughs> right. I'm like, what, what, what gangs? Is-? And then when they had their like beef, it was just like this this heated conversation exactly, between yeah. one another, and they s- solved it with sandwiches. So you know, right. uh, yeah, so true, so true. <laughs>